here, Taste Life Nutrition. Hello everybody out there in Facebook world. This is Taste Life Nutrition Radio streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Here talking about some of the most amazing things in the world and having the best time. Um, so what do we do? We talk about truth and healthcare, truth in health and wellness, whether it's mind, body, soul, relational, uh, financial, and today, flavorful. <laughs> yes, it's all part of it. It is. It's so important. And I think that this is such an interesting and important discussion that we're going to have. And we're going to do a little mind-blowing and have a lot of fun. And, and open, I think that's kind of it, just open minds a little bit about what it is that food is, right? Because I, obviously, I'm a nutritionist. I love food. I love food, and when I talk about food, it's about the nutrients within and how it speaks literally. Food is a language and speaks to our body, speaks to our cells, speaks to our DNA, creates genetic expression, all of these amazing things that food does. But we don't often think about the flavors of food. Um, but Sherry thinks about the flavors of food. <laughs> I certainly do. All the time. So we have had Sherry in the studio once before with Butch Hunter uh, of Oncobytes. So great company. Um, you are the chef. Is that what you're yep. the chef of Oncobytes? Yep. Product so development. Yeah, product develop development. Uh, my, my words are not good chef, today. Chef works too. I mean, it's part of the title. If titles yeah. matter to you. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, really cool company for those who are, who are going through uh, chemotherapy and need good, nutrient-dense, flavorful food. Um, but today, we're going to talk about flavor, and we're going to talk about what flavor means, why it's important, uh, what is the difference being between manufactured flavor and true, real flavor, and really kind of dig into... Um, all of the goodness of food. And I love this, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, I mean, any opportunity to talk about food and flavor and- I know. You know, yeah. essentially getting to this place where you can trust your body more. Yes. It's part of it. It's part of it. Well, and that's the thing. Um, and I say this a lot, and we were discussing this, is we don't trust our bodies the way that we are supposed to. You know, uh, we don't listen to it. You, don't, you know, when we have a pain, instead of saying, huh, I wonder what's causing that pain. Let's go in and dig and understand. It's, huh, I need to go find an Advil. <laughs> this is what we do. We look for the quick fix. We do. And in the process, you're kind of missing out the underlying problems, right? Yeah. And that's really kind of where my message actually goes with, the, with this concept of flavor. And that sounds a little, like, odd. Like, what are you talking about as far as, like, right. you know, creating this mm -hmm. kind of um, solution for a symptom as opposed to the solution for the actual problem. Yes. And flavor, yes. manufactured flavor, is almost the same exact thing. Like, it's kind of creating this band-aid for mm -hmm. the fact that there's no nutrition, less nutrition mm -hmm. in our food because of the way we've been growing our food. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty cool correlation of the exact same thing, really. Yeah. yeah, no, it's super cool, and I appreciate it. And I didn't say this, but Sherry's company is The Flavor Remedy. Um, so look her up. She's got an amazing TEDx talk, um, lots of really great resources on her website, and we'll dig into all of that stuff. But of course, as always, we start with, with gratitude, mm -hmm. because gratitude can change the world. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are you grateful for today? Certainly grateful for the opportunity to, you know, continue to get this message out there. And, you know, it's Earth Day tomorrow, so yeah. it's perfectly correlated. And I'm so grateful for, you know, those that are healing the planet, those that are doing work to help make our, our soil more nutritious so their food is more flavorful and helps to heal mm -hmm. us. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think since Earth Day is tomorrow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one land yeah. pretty solid. I love yeah. that. I love that. What am I grateful for today? I think um, I am grateful for, I am gaining more clarity in my business. Mm -hmm. um, I have been, you know, there are always times as an entrepreneur where you're kind of going, what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I doing it? Where do I find the right support? Um, and goodness knows, I need a lot of support. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but it's been kind of fun. Um, and, you know, I'll dig deeper into this sort of later as as things develop. But 
um, gaining gaining clarity and, and understanding really what it is that I'm trying to do. Actually, I'm just going to say it because I'm I'm working through it. Um, but what I'm realizing is, you know, when I when I say things like you know changing the world, I truly mean that the there are things that we can do that can change the world. And when I think about this, because I, you know, I'm an epigenetics nerd. I love understanding that the way that we live our life, the things we put in our body, the stress, the trauma, the movement, all of the things that we do have the ability literally to change our genetic expression. So amazing. It is amazing. Um, It gives us control over our future. It gives us control over our body if we pay attention to it and if we take care of it. Um, which is a lot of accountability because a lot of times we don't want to take that accountability, right? Um, but what we are finding, and I've said this before, but you know what the data is showing is that your health right now, if you are of childbearing years, your health right now can affect seven generations down the line um, in, in their health. It can express that far down. And your health now also is an expression of seven generations past, right? So I am I am getting super excited about working with women and with couples in their preparation of their body and their mind and their spirit to bring in the most healthy, successful babies who become healthy, successful adults. Wow who become then healthy, successful future generations. And I think that oftentimes we don't, um, we don't really wrap our head around that. It's the, I just want a baby and I'm ready for a baby now. And I get that. But I think it's that, that prep work that really can make a difference for our world. And I have a big view of it. And I know a lot of people are like, I just stop it. Just give me the baby. (laughs) I totally get that with flavor yeah. too. They're like, yeah. oh, I just want to eat something that tastes good. Yeah, just I don't understand. Give me, just give me something. I'm just right. you know, whatever. McDonald's hamburger. Right. Oh. Right. <laughs> Awful stuff. Anyway, um, so that's the stuff that you know. It's the it's the big picture stuff that I get, I'm really excited about and and how we can change because right now we're in sort of in this place where I feel like mentally, emotionally, physically, we're all just sort of flailing. You yeah. know, we know so much. We know so much about health and nutrition and yet we're so confused <laughs> and we're sicker and sicker and sicker right I talk about that all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's um it's amazing it's it's like we're it's like we're learning and as we learn we kind of add more noise to whatever the current thing is that we've learned mm-hmm. and we're not going back you know yeah. we talk about this going back to the basics we're not really going back to like the foundational reason of mm-hmm. why we're discovering these things or yeah. what they mean in the bigger picture. Yeah. So I really love that you're taking that approach and seeing it as this long-term thing. Mm-hmm. And it does become overwhelming as an entrepreneur to yeah. really focus and find, mm-hmm. you know, there's word, there's niche is, you know, one of those yeah. words that people throw yeah. out there. And it's like, clarity is a much better word, right? Because yeah. it just gives you the place to focus mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. and to draw the right people, right? right. And, and to be able to help the right people. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that view. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's kind of that fun realization, you know, something that I've talked about for years and years and years, but now think, now having clarity around it and saying, ah, this is what I really want to talk about all the time yeah. and help people with, you know, and it still is helping people with their GI dysfunction and helping people it's with not, their autoimmune right. conditions and, you know, all of the, these things, but it's so important in making sure that you're healthy for our future. I love that. Yeah. I so love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really great. Thank you. And I love, what I love too about the show is that everybody I bring in to date, and this has been unintentional, but everybody has been an entrepreneur. Um, It's awesome. It is. It's super (laughs) cool. And mostly women, not all women. And I'm not only a woman show, um, but it's been a lot of women and all entrepreneurs. And it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really great to see, you know, women, even entrepreneurs in general, just rising. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage. Um, a lot you of know, calls. And, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people that I know, um, you know, ha- have struggled. You have to be brave and you have mm-hmm. to be able to carry a big message. And mm-hmm. when you carry a big message, sometimes it freeze you, freezes you in your tracks, yeah. right? It's yeah. like a lot of people like kind of look at you with glazed eyes when you have a big <laughs> message. Like, what are you even talking what? about? Yeah. But like there's this just kind of impetus to keep going. Like always mm-hmm. know your why and, mm-hmm. and just keep moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
So let's jump into you. Yeah, I want to know, you know, I think it's so interesting, you know, how people get started, what gets them excited. And, and, and when you find something as niched as flavor, which is still really big because there's so much behind it. Right. Um, I, how, how does that happen? You know, kind of, let's talk about who you are, where you are, what you are, what excites you, all of the things. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you know, it's so funny. When you finally do find that niche, right, and you find mm -hmm. that thing that um, really drives you and you start just asking all these questions and then you start having all these connections and you mm -hmm. look back and you're like, oh, my God, this is my whole life. Like, my whole life has led up to this yeah. from, the, from the point mm -hmm. of, you know, the earliest times just being, like, gardening with my dad. I it's really yeah. this solid ground that I keep going back to because I'm still a gardener mm -hmm. uh, you know and I practice organic gardening and over you know up until probably three years ago maybe four years ago it was just about gardening mm -hmm. and now it's about building soil like yeah. I've learned so much about you know how our food system has gone wrong and how we're growing foods and mm -hmm. how we're creating this focus on things that you know from a farmer standpoint they're really set up to only succeed in a conventional farming way to create yield. I mean, mm -hmm. yield is their drive, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. and the amount of input of energy that they need, and the amount of input of chemicals and fertilizers, and because we because we haven't practiced this healing of our soils, mm -hmm. our food has resulted as flavorless, right? And which is lacking nutrients. Lacking nutrients, mm -hmm. and it's it's so fascinating because I feel like that's kind of a new correlation, and that this. This is not my idea. This is an idea that dropped in as I was writing a book, honestly, um, or a chapter in a book, I should mm -hmm. say. You know, I, I sat down, and at the time, I was um, I was manufacturing spice blends. So when I first stepped into the entrepreneurial world, I it was right after. So I'd gone to culinary school. I went to culinary school that was specifically designed to be focused on local and organic foods. Mm -hmm. So um, in that school, they really focused on, like, part of our experience was going to the farms mm -hmm. and participating in growing whatever they needed. Whatever the farms needed, we were there to help them mm -hmm. and to learn about the process of, of growing foods. And they were all organic organic food, um, a couple of them over on the Western Slope. And But, you know, this process of understanding flavor in culinary school came easy to me. It was easy for me to make something taste good. Mm -hmm. And that was part of, like, when you call yourself a foodie, because you love the flavor yeah. of things, right? Yeah. And so I always kind of initially thought I would um, be have my own restaurant one day. But mm -hmm. then I worked in a restaurant, and the culture of restaurant is brutal. Just yeah. like the culture of food manufacturing mm -hmm. is brutal. And right? the hours uh, and all of it. So it's mm -hmm. one of those culturally dysfunctional things that I just, as part of my passion, is to help support that industry as well. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, you know, following culinary school, I ended up not feeling well. And you, talk, you mentioned autoimmune diseases mm -hmm. and how you work, you know, specifically with that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, high anxiety, high heart racing, weight gain, inexplicable stress and anger, um, exercising. I couldn't keep up cardio-wise with uh -huh. exercising. Yeah. So ultimately, I got diagnosed um, early stages of Hashimoto's disease. I was, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like those, the classic I mean, it's, symptoms, yeah, yeah. right? It's so there, right? <laughs> so in the process, you know, I went to all the top docs in the state, and and um, <coughs> basically the information that this was years ago. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that the advice is a little different now. But it was kind of like, well, we just need to wait for your thyroid to fail, and then we can give you you know, hormones to support. And I was like, this is not good enough for me. So I want to, and, and I don't want to interrupt, but I want to add to this because I had the same experience and it was with my mom who she went through, and I was still in nutrition school. And so there's a lot that I don't know, but there's at that point, there's right. a lot that I knew. And I'm not going to say I knew more than the doctors at all, but I was like, you have to get tested. And she's like, well, they tested it. They tested my TSH, and they said it's fine, and they shouldn't which have symptoms. Right, which is exactly, I was so lucky to get advice ahead of time to say, don't just let them t test TSH. Well, yeah. Test all the things. Look for the antibodies for all the things. Yep. And for your information, if you're out there and you need to get your thyroid tested, there are about nine panel, nine uh, markers that is that helps you to understand your thyroid fully. TSH, T3, T4 alone, that's just not enough. Especially if you are having issues, you have to get your antibodies tested. I see it all the time. I'm diagnosed hypothyroid. I've been put on medication. They never even tested my antibodies. Probably they're Hashimoto's. Right. And it's just annoying. Anyway, 
Sorry, um, but the same thing happened to my mom. So they finally, she pushed and pushed and pushed, and they finally tested and went, oh yeah, you have Hashimoto's. I'm like, shocking. <laughs> and so she went to her endocrinologist <coughs> who said, because I was telling her what we're gonna do, um, she ended up being uh, my, uh, my sort of a client case study uh, for that period of time, which was great, right, it was perfect. awesome. The things that worked out, it was, she got, she, yeah, it was so good. But she told her doctor this, and this endocrinologist, who is a specialist in the endocrine organs, systems, hormones, says food has nothing to do with your thyroid. We're gonna let it die, take it out, and we'll put you on hormones. So to that, that's basically the same message I got. Yeah. And to that point, for those of you listening, because I got caught early with having those antibodies, I'm 12 years later and have yet to go on a hormone. I still have my thyroid. Yeah. I still function. I still yes. test normal. Yes. And because of possible. changes in food. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, it's food. Yes. Yes. So yes. much. It's just balancing the body. Yeah. It's, the, it's your thyroid. It's Actually, it's not your thyroid. It's your immune system talking to you. Right. It's telling you something's up. And that's another thing to remember. And sorry, I don't mean to get off on this, yes. but it's sort of that little bit of soapbox because it's so it's thought about so backwards yeah. in medicine. It's not your thyroid. If you have Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroiditis, if you have Hashimoto's, it's your immune system that has the problem because it's right. attacking your thyroid. Right. Right. You want to support your thyroid. You don't want it to be attacked, but you've got to get your immune system, which is crazy out of control and upregulated, to stop attacking your thyroid. Yeah. So, yeah. And mm -hmm. like I said, the process of food. So then the, the, just the story just falls right into play because... Mm -hmm. Because I didn't get answers that I would, were, you know, satisfactory to me from the doctors, then I went to, I got really lucky in working with a great functional nutritionist. Didn't know you at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you found somebody yeah, who's I good, did, right? Yeah, yeah. Years ago. And mm -hmm. so, um, it, you know, in part of that process, I was given supplements, mm -hmm. right, on top of, you know, to help build up my digestion, mm -hmm. to help my, support my immune system, to bring my nerves back down. Yeah. All the things, right, mm -hmm. that happen when you get into this elevated, like, your hormones mm -hmm. are going crazy. So anyway, so... These supplements are full of, you know, turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, teas, green teas, food, right? And as a culinary, like, I'm just out of culinary school, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, well, why am I supplementing these? Well, and people <laughs> don't, like, and the other, you know, at the same exact time, people don't know how to cook. People don't know how to make things taste good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why aren't we just putting more spices on our food? So my journey really did start with creating spice blends. I love it. So I took mm -hmm. spices that I knew had these benefits, and I studied you know, some herbalism, and I did a lot of research on, on what these benefits can do, and, and I just created culinary blends that had similar benefits mm -hmm. and were easy to use, mm -hmm. easy to make food taste mm -hmm. good, right? So mm -hmm. that's how my journey started, and, um, you know, we mentioned briefly about, like, the hospitality world, and, and it's really hard, and the food industry is, it's brutal. I mean, it's cutthroat price-wise, it's hard to find manufacturing, you have to follow a lot of pretty rigorous rules, you know, rightfully so, for... Mm -hmm. Uh, food safety and everything, but as a solo entrepreneur, food manufacturing is really hard. I would imagine. So ultimately, you know, I let go of the spices, but I always knew, I mean, I still talk with spices. I actually work with an amazing company called Burr Lab and Barrel that has the best resourced and sourced spices ever. Amazing taste, amazing flavor, fresh. No metals. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and you know what? And I knew you were going to say that, but it, and, and another yeah. thing people need to know is that regular spices and seasonings you have to be so careful because they can be high in heavy metals yeah yeah anyway, there's so much there's yeah, so much that's out there Jeez. but yeah so spices became part of the message but not the whole mm -hmm. message because mm -hmm. i always knew there was a bigger message mm -hmm. so i mentioned you know there was there was a um a friend of mine was was writing gathering authors for this women's anthology book called ready to fly and she was a close friend of mine, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'll, write, I'll write a chapter. You know, I don't know what I have to say. <laughs> so I kind of sat down, and I basically turned into this, like, close my eyes and just, just let the fingers go. Yeah. And through that process, I was like, well, Oops. why do we have taste buds anyway? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what is the point of having taste buds if we can't, you know, eat things that taste good mm -hmm. and if we can't trust our cravings? Like, these are all things that are innate to us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it was like this light bulb went off and I'm like, well, okay, so we have, we trust our other senses, right? We trust when we see something, hear something, mm -hmm. feel something, everything's true information to us. Yeah. But when it comes to our taste buds, we kind of just go, if it tastes good, it tastes good, if it tastes bad, it tastes bad, and we're not even really questioning why. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, the fact that 
food from a conventional growing standpoint, farmers, you know, ranchers, people that are raising and growing mm -hmm. food, have all these expectations put on them around yield, mm -hmm. being able to ship something across the country, across the world, mm -hmm. you know, so the focus is far removed from flavor. And in the process of that happening, guess what? Humans still want flavor. Mm -hmm. So uprises manufactured flavors. Yeah. So now mm -hmm. you can't just eat a carrot and have it taste delicious and sweet and complex. Mm -hmm. Now you have to put ranch dressing on your carrot to get your kid to eat it. Yeah. Right? So this yeah. this this draw and this mm -hmm. innate like leaning into flavor is it's our tool. It's it's there for us to detect nutrition. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's where I started just going bigger and yeah. started really thinking like, well, could we trust our bodies more if we really looked at flavor through this lens of, of needing mm -hmm. something, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's been a long journey, and even though it's probably been four years that I've been trying to build this, this flavor re remedy concept, I'm still in my infancy. Because, you know, talk about going big and thinking big. This isn't really about me sitting here talking to people about, I mean, it's part of it about how to taste and how to trust your taste buds. Yes, that's part of it. But the big vision here is to gather all of these people that are in the food industry, that are making choices around ingredients, mm -hmm. that are making choices mm -hmm. around how they grow their food, that are making choices around what food they serve in their restaurants, that are making choices around, like you, like a nutritionist, when you're helping your clients to eat better, this knowledge and understanding of the categories of flavor that we experience, and the nutrients and the nutrition that should be behind those flavors, mm -hmm. like, it's powerful, you know? If everybody in the world chose flavors that matched the nutrients and you kept wanting more flavor, you're basically, this is why I always say on my, mm -hmm. on my podcast, I say, uh, saving the earth one flavor at a time. Yeah. Because that we're, we now have technology that's showing that, um, you know, farmers, regenerative farmers, and, and that's kind of a, a broad speaking word and people get a little glazed over when they hear regenerative. Mm -hmm. it really mm -hmm. what it means is building our soils back yeah. to life. Sure. Um, you know, when, when these farmers are growing things in this healthier, more robust way, um, we're able to detect, we're able mm -hmm. to do nutrient detection on it, nutrient density detection. That's amazing. And when yeah. you do that, mm -hmm. and then you taste it, mm -hmm. it's like what we've known all along, yeah. right? Yeah. This is where you go, oh, this is why we have taste buds, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I, uh, like I said, you know, my vision is really to pull in experts from all different fields and, and really try to figure out how can we, how can we elevate this conversation around mm -hmm. flavor mm -hmm. and really make mm -hmm. it powerful. You yeah. Know? Not yeah. just for what we love, but what, what matters. What know? matters. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, when we talk about, you know, the conventional versus the regenerative, regenerative. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a big word. Man. <laughs> Um, it's a complex word. Yeah, there's so much around, you know, when you're talking about yield and you're talking about shipping, you know. And visual, like we appeal to all of our other senses. Yeah. You know, dyes are being put on our food, waxes are being put on our yeah. food. We're appealing to all of our other uh -huh. senses, but not taste. And creating toxicity, whereas, <laughs> yeah, and then the taste is. Yeah, you crack open that perfectly orange, waxy you know, orange, you peel it open, you take a bite, there's no flavor and no, mm -hmm. there's nothing mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. It just looks pretty. It, yeah. And so it's, it's depleted soils. Um, it's also the fact that because it's shipped for, whether it's across the country, across the state, across the country, or across the world, they have to, they have to pick it sooner. Right. So, unripened. right. So it's not ripe and it ripens on the way, or it's what's sprayed with a ripening something or other right. to create the, a ripening effect. Um, and so when it doesn't have, oh, there's something, I was going to look this up and I can't remember, and maybe you know, but the point is, you know, when it doesn't have the ability to ripen on the vine or on the tree or on the bush or whatever, it's, it's already going to be lacking in nutrients, plus in the depleted soils. There was something that I learned, and I said this, I've said it probably at least twice now on this show, and I still haven't looked it up. So. <laughs> but there's a, a, a chemical that is released right at ripeness mm. um, that is beneficial to us, but it's only as it ripens. And so this is one of the reasons why it's so important to eat 
as close to home as possible and as ripe as possible, you know, as it ripens on. And I don't know, if, do you know what I'm, I'm talking not familiar about? I'm familiar with that, no. I know, and I don't even know where I read it at this point, which is frustrating because it hasn't been that long ago, month, right. two months ago, whatever it was. Information overload? Yeah, <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> um, and I need to try to find it, but there is something that is so beneficial. And, and so even if you take it, and so I, I garden as well, um, and I take it off, and if I can't eat it, well, I'm going to stick it in my freezer, or you're going to catch it. it, or yeah. Right. And you have the ability to hold on to the beauty of a, that ripe. And I still have zucchini in my freezer that I still eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's almost time for more. So yes, excited. I know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's such an interesting thing, and I and I, I hope that this comes as this becomes you know an eye-opening discussion beyond just us and for anybody who's out there is you know the eating local and the knowing where your food's coming from and understanding that you know what's happening with the nutrition with the taste and why it's happening it's so important it's much more important than I think that we really give it credit for yeah it, yeah. it really really is and you know, part of it, I think, is is because we've kind of not given our taste buds the, this reverence. I always use the word reverence no, around I our love taste that. buds because, mm -hmm. you know, our taste buds are our most, probably one of our most utilized senses. I mean, we're using our senses all the time, but, you know, we use them and we just don't really think about why we have them. Mm -hmm. And this is where I get, like, you know, when I, when I talk one-on-one -on -one or if I speak to communities that are you know, trying to help people eat better. It's it's really all about reconnecting people to these categories of flavor. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating because, you know, Ayurveda, tra traditional Chinese medicine, they they understand flavor more, mm -hmm. more than we do, mm -hmm. right? So they mm -hmm. understand like which of these flavors supports different, uh, you know, conditions in your yeah. body, different, yeah. part, different doshas, different, you know, constitutions, things mm -hmm. like that. We don't really have that conversation you know in our Western world mm -hmm. and it's a place to start but I think there's even more to it I think that you know even if we could just go into it with starting to recognize these categories of flavor when we're experiencing them mm -hmm. because the other thing I talk about all the time is you know if you eat processed sugar the only thing you're tasting is sweetness Everything else has been removed. Mm -hmm. It's 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 been kind of extracted from whether it's a sugar beet or whether it's you know a sugar cane. It's an extraction. It's a an isolation of a flavor. Yep. For the purpose of the fact that we lean into sweetness as humans, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we lean into salty as humans. Mm -hmm. And are you asking yourself why we lean into sweet and salty? That's, and that's a big question. Always ask why. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, from a from a flavor category standpoint, when we taste something sweet. Sweetness is actually the only flavor that will continue to, that we can survive on. So the other four flavors are flavors that benefit us and support us, but sweetness is where the calories are and calories are where energy are. And I know everybody's mm -hmm. like, sugar, you know, mm -hmm. sugar, calories, like these are all bad yeah, things, yeah. but again, it's the mm -hmm. why, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. it's, it is the fact that these sugars have been extracted and are not, they're no longer like they are in nature where right. they're complex mm -hmm. and they're tied with other flavors. Mm -hmm. So I typically use um, an apple as an example. So mm -hmm. if you think of an apple, you take a bite of an apple and you think it's gonna be sweet, right? But if you really, really taste that apple and you do, you know, I always also mention that flavor is a great way to bring in more mindful eating mm -hmm. practices. If you can yeah. really think about, okay, where's the mm -hmm. sweetness? Where's the bitter? Where is there salty? Where's the sour? Yeah. Because in nature, sweet doesn't come alone. Right. And I, I, if mm -hmm. people watch my TED talk, they already heard me say that. But I did, you know, and I did post it in any of like a lot of the marketing. We'll repost it again, but it is in a lot of the marketing on Facebook and yeah. around your TED talk because it's great. And I actually want to put it on my website. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's again, it's going back to the basics of if we have the sense of taste to help us detect nutrition, and these are the five categories of flavor, it only makes sense that those five categories of flavor should have a nutritive match. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Shasker in his book, The End of Craving, did this amazing, like he has this term, nutritive <laughs> mismatch, and now I use that all the time. Yeah. And you see it all the time, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. um, another example I often use is, is this idea that we're making all of our protein taste like chocolate. Yes, and I love that you said because I just went, oh wait, I do that, <laughs> and a lot of people do. Yeah, and it's like this is the thing. I'm not trying to like stand on my high horse and say don't do that mm -hmm. because you know.
know, again, because the way our food has changed, it's become less flavorful, it's become less nutrient dense. We want flavor, hence we've created all this flavor. We understand that humans like sweetness, again, because it's providing mm -hmm. energy for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. We understand that humans like chocolate, right? So it, it seems like this natural band-aid almost to put yeah. these two things together so yeah. that you're getting your protein as well as you know a flavor that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. But what that creates is this this sense of like how do you trust your taste buds mm -hmm. when you're eating basically the protein level of steak but it tastes like chocolate yeah right yeah so we're not embracing umami as a flavor and yet umami is the other flavor so umami is the flavor of protein and it's a flavor that we lean into almost as much as salty and sweet and this is why there's MSG because that's the manufactured version yes of umami flavor it's so bad so protein, it sits mm -hmm. on your mouth, it coats mm -hmm. your tongue, you know, mm -hmm. that unctuous flavor that you get. I love it. I love unctuous. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same as I remember you saying, like, unctuous. That's a yeah, great word. That is a great word. Because <laughs> it's hard to explain that, that, uh -huh. that flavor sometimes because people don't, um, haven't heard it or if they yeah. have heard of it, they think of it as like an Asian flavor, mm -hmm. which is all Thai because there's an Asian scientist that developed it and discovered it and okay. created MSG sure. at the same exact time. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. it's 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 a fascinating um, you know thing to kind of follow, but if you want protein, taste protein, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And like I said, it's not mm -hmm. like I'm telling you not to do it, but become aware and really. It start is an to awareness. Yeah. It is an awareness. Yeah. And if sure. we want to get to this place where we're trusting our bodies and we're leaning into cravings instead of resisting mm -hmm. them, right? I mean, I believe that cravings are there as again one of these innate tools that we have mm -hmm. to be like. There's an herbalist that I follow who um, who talks about bitters all the time. Mm -hmm. and Great for um, digestion. Great for everything. So bitter flavor is mm -hmm. really what can heal us. Honest to God, if we ate more bitter, we would, and if you've done any diet plan that is good for you, I guarantee you're, without knowing it, taking mm -hmm. in more bitters, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It's where the antioxidants are, yeah. terpenes, flavonoids, everything that we know is good for us. If you eat it in nature, it has a bitter flavor. Interesting. But bitter flavors mm -hmm. don't always come alone either, right? Right. And yep. and like I said, that apple is wrapped in a bitter package, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. All the goodness, all the stuff that protects the apple is uh -huh. the same stuff that protects you, right? Yep. And those are bitter flavors. So it's uh, and then bitter is also what satiates us. So when you're eating an apple and you're getting bitter with your sweet. Mm -hmm. Do you ever really reach for ten apples like you do ten cookies? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not at all. I so there's that. so much to learn yeah. and there's mm -hmm. so much to understand and I don't know it all. You know, that's why I'm trying to bring in communities that yeah. do have this experience yeah. and understand from from these farmers um, standpoints, you know, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. You know, from a building soil and building biodiversity is mm -hmm. really what it is. Yeah. You know, it's creating more biodiversity that shows up as flavor. Yeah. And um, I don't know. You know, you want to change the world. I want to change the world. Let's do flavor. it. Let's do it. I love it. Let's take a quick break. Um, we need to talk about uh, our sponsor, Cellcor. Love Cellcor. Um, they are amazing. They're a fairly new to date uh, supplement company who are changing the world when it comes to our health at a foundational level. Um, again, we're changing the world. I love being surrounded by people who want to change the world. I mean, really. Um, so anyway, they are focused, so focused on health, on eliminating the body of toxins, of parasites, of worms, of uh, environmental toxicants. You know, we're talking about food. Glyphosate is everywhere. Glyphosate being Roundup, we've already known that it's, that it's a carcinogen, but it is now has been proven it's, it's a carcinogen. Um, I have clients who come to me, we do environmental toxicant testing, and glyphosate is always through the roof. And it's what kills the soil, and it's what kills the flavor. It does, it does. It kills <laughs> the good it. bacteria, yep. it kills It kills everything. It, yeah, kills the flavor. It's, it is literally terrible stuff. But I have to make sure that everybody understands that yes, glyphosate is what's getting the, the, the hard hit now, as it should, but it's not the only one. There are lots of pesticides and herbicides that are being used that are not glyphosate or they're like glyphosate. Um, and so we can test those, we can look at those, and they're often high as well. 
Um, and so it's just, it's, it's an understanding that we, we truly need to change the world and do something about these conventional farming methods that are toxic and putting a burden on our bodies. But we have companies like Cellcor who have the ability to, to help us find and eliminate these toxins by way of their um, interesting delivery system of the nutrients that help the body to work properly and support the mitochondria and support the health, uh, the health of our cells and our DNA, right? Um, and so they're a great company. I appreciate everything that they do. They're coming out some really with some super cool products. And um, I'm just really excited they're part of our, of our show and they're supporting us. So um, thank you to Cellcor. And we're gonna start talking more about flavor. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I wonder if their ingredients are bitter. Like if they're, they starting, are. If they're starting with the whole, like things mm -hmm. like wormwood, I don't know, I have no idea, it's I don't know the company it. well, but mm -hmm. all of those things that I know, yep. you know, help with detoxification and parasites mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. that stuff. That's, yep. They're all, it, bitter is medicinal. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that that's a really good point because one of the things, you know, people are, I say, you know, I talk a lot about this, about the fact that we have worms. People don't like to hear it, but it's, it's a fact. They don't come up on labs well at all, um, but it's, it's a problem. And so we, we, there was a time where we ate a lot of bitter food. We ate things that were naturally antimicrobial. So we right. were kind of deworming ourselves on a regular basis and we don't do that anymore no and and you know part of what has happened in processed foods that people don't really recognize either is is again you know when when scientists study humans and they study the fact that we lean into sweet flavors and we like sweet flavors and we don't like bitter flavors right there's a there's a the flip side of this is is that the food manufacturing and processed food industry knows that without those bitter elements in there so then you know you're going to keep going back and you're going to keep mm -hmm. having that kind of craving for something mm -hmm. because the thing is missing i don't think i finished my thought when i talked about um jim mcdonald the herbalist that i followed mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. bitter flavors not only are they creating that satiation but he talks about how he believes that when we're when we're craving sweetness we're actually craving the bitter flavor that comes with sweetness in nature isn't that interesting because yeah. that's how you know it helps to create that satiation it's also giving us those um, you know, that regulation mm -hmm. and helping to support with the, the digestive process. Mm -hmm. So we know so much about calories and micros and macros and, and it's, uh, and I'm not dismissing any of that, mm -hmm. right? But like, I'm just trying to like encourage people to let's go back to taking this knowledge that we have and, and understanding how to correlate with the wisdom of our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean from a flavor standpoint? And, yeah. and what's the difference between, because I know there's also, and this has always been a struggle for me. Like I've worked with nutritionists and people that have talked about, you know, like when you have to avoid, you, when you have to avoid carbs altogether, right? Like, so that means you can't eat fruit and that means you can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well. Not necessarily a good idea. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. because, because it's the whole picture. And yeah. it also depends yeah. upon the condition of your body and what you're feeling. There are lots of things to consider right. when you're right. doing things like right. that, yes. So, so it's not a broad sweeping thing, right. but like I think to completely villainize fruit and to not fully understand how the body processes an apple versus how the body processes, mm -hmm. you know, a donut, mm -hmm. you know, that's not, that's not quite in our full awareness, right? Um, you know, as to like why we want sweet, you mm -hmm. know? So if it truly mm -hmm. is, if you're craving something sweet and you're eating an apple and you feel satiated, it's, it's a whole different story than, you know, grabbing a bunch of cookies that taste good, but the follow-up to tasting good is feeling good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's so interesting. Um, one of the, the, there's a story that I always think of that's it, it's <laughs> it's really kind of sad, <laughs> but how we're raised as kids, a lot of us, um, and very unintentional. You know, my my parents knew virtually nothing about food, and that's okay. We just had food. Right. You just oh, eat, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> I remember one time grabbing a strawberry. So we had some good food, but mom you know, brought home some strawberries and I grabbed it and I took a bite of it and I thought, this isn't sweet enough. So I stick it in a you know, bucket full of white sugar and I'm like, so much better. <laughs> I mean, and it's this, it's a, it, it's terrible. And something that I wanna also make a comment on is sometimes we have to intentionally switch that uh, because we are so ingrained to eat right. sweet. 
And so I know for myself now, I don't know how long it took, but it took a long time. There are things that I, it, it, it's creating that, that sensitivity to sure. sweetness and creating the sensitivity to the different flavors. Because if you have sensitivity to it, then you're going to really taste it. Right. And it's going to be there. And you don't need the excess sugar and right. the excess sweetness. And things that are excessively sweet, like, holy smokes, yeah. I can't stand it. It's like a date. Yeah. I love dates. And but they you, are gonna, you, you have to eat them with something else. You do. So almond butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I eat them with almond yeah, butter. Yeah, I eat them. That's so funny. Um, but, but yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. Or, and you know, I love apples and almond butter. It's like my favorite go-to. Right. Because even apples, I just like that less sweet with the right. nutty and anyway, yeah. and the fatty and all the goodness right, in right, it, right. you know. Um, but having, having, so again, having the awareness and the intentional acts of saying, okay, Let's be aware of the flavor. Let's, you know, let's be mindful about what we're doing. And this is a really good practice. You started to hit on it, and I, I think we should talk a little bit about it because I think it's a good thing to, to really be aware of is when we are eating mindfully, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an everyday practice every time you put food in your mouth. And right. I, I have to practice it because I have a tendency to grab lunch and go to my computer. And we're all busy. We're and all in a hurry. It's right? true. Multitasking yeah. has become part of our culture. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so just sitting still. But taking your food, and I, I, I'll take it outside. That's my favorite thing to do is take food outside or to, and to meditate outside and to be away, away from everything or to be with my husband, right, or the dogs or the, all of it. But it's sitting, it's smelling, it's tasting, it's praying over it, it's really, and eating slowly. And all of these things create biochemical changes in the body. So this is a, a, a you know, data-driven way <laughs> of, of, of tasting your food and, and slowing down and bringing your body from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, which is the... You know, sympathetic is the go, 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 high cortisol, and, and the parasympathetic is the rest and digest, which literally allows your body to break down and utilize the nutrients that are in the food. Um, and so, and, and then the, the flavors, the tasting, that's where the digestion begins. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I always talk about is, mm -hmm. you know, like, mindful eating is, has been a practice that has been discussed for a long time, right? Yeah. I also see like mindful mm -hmm. eating communities and nutritionists and people that really talk about this and understand it mm -hmm. from that perspective. This we're so attached to um, outside knowledge of what we're supposed to eat, right? Whereas when you, if you want to attach yourself to outside knowledge, attach yourself to like what is it about these flavors mm -hmm. that how are they supporting my body, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it's just another way to <laughs> add to that mindfulness. It's like, oh, I'm tasting sweet. Okay, that, that's going to give me some. That's going to give me energy, right? That's gonna, mm -hmm. that's calories. That's how I survive. You know, I'm going to love on that sweetness yeah. because it is the right sweetness, right? Yeah. When you're eating whole foods and mm -hmm. you're eating stuff that comes from nature, that's you know complex and flavored. But then pay attention to the skin of the apple, right? Mm -hmm. Pay attention to where's the sour? Oh, there's sour. And yeah. I can feel my salivary uh -huh. glands starting when I taste that sour. Mine are that's, starting right now. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the process of digestion, right? Yeah. So that sour flavor as a, as a category of flavor, that's exactly what it's doing. And you can think about um, all the different things that we suggest to people when they're, when they're trying to heal their gut or when they're trying to improve their digestion, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's typically things that have probiotics in them, right? Mm -hmm. And probiotics create this acid in fermented foods, in mm -hmm. yogurts, in, you yeah. know, in kefir and kombucha. Mm -hmm. All of those things have sourness to them yeah. because they're starting that digestive mm -hmm. process. They're basically like pre-digesting the food, right, that you're yeah. eating and then giving your body those extra, mm -hmm. the extra bacteria. So that sour that's coming from life, from bacteria, mm -hmm. that's starting the process of digestion is so different than citric acid in a, that's extracted from genetically modified corn that's putting everything from, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's creating a, a somewhat of a complex flavor, but it's, again, it's the flavor without the nutrients. It's right. that nutrient mismatch. Right, right, right. So when it comes to mindful eating, if you're sitting there with a plate of whole food and you're, you know, really taking in each flavor, the other thing to recognize is that, like, usually our favorite foods are all the flavors. Like, yeah. all five flavors mm -hmm. are there. Mm -hmm. It's not just one. Yeah. 
So yeah, we can like sweet, mm -hmm. but if you add the bitter to the sweet, or you mm -hmm. add, you know, the nuts to the arugula and the pears to the arugula and yeah. make a whole salad yeah. out of this delicious whole food, you're getting all the flavors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the bitter disappears when you add these other yep. flavors, right? Yep. So you're still getting the benefits of the bitter. You're just not having to like, I always say, you don't have to eat like a whole bowl of straight up arugula. <laughs> I love arugula. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Dandelion greens. They're yeah, a little bit they, more intense. They are. Yeah. They are super intense. <laughs> I love that. That's what. It, so my favorite part about summer and gardening, just as a side note, is literally going through and picking the arugula and just eating on it, and you know, grabbing the dandelions from the yard. And don't poison your dandelions. Just pick them and eat them. Yeah. <laughs> you got free food in your yard. Right. It's, it's good. good for your your liver. It's good for your kidneys. It's good stuff. So. Don't poison them. Um, anyway, I have to pick him from the front yard because we have dogs in the backyard. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I love that, and I love going through. And my husband's always laughing at me because you know I've got the, the the our asparagus now are finally getting oh, nice and I'm big. Jealous. You have asparagus. I it know it does. It takes yeah. so long, but you just go and the. the you can taste the sweetness in the fresh oh, asparagus. Absolutely. Which is a bitter food. Yeah. You know, they're pretty bitter, but it, I taste them like, oh, it's so much different yeah. than what you often find. Yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, if we just, if, you know, if we just stopped and started yeah. realizing, oh my God, why do you have taste, why do you have taste buds? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a reason. But it, it is. It's not just to, you know, throw something on there that's mm -hmm. going to temporarily taste good. Mm -hmm. It's it's the connection to the nutrients and that's my whole mission, right? Is yeah. to really reconnect I, it's, it is, it is, but you're doing <laughs> but great. But we can do it. <laughs> With help. I need help. Like it's like you said, you know, finding the support and yeah. And uh, really, I mean this isn't about me. I'm mm -hmm. not an expert. I'm just mm -hmm. a message carrier. Yeah. I'm asking mm -hmm. these questions and then I'm just trying to yeah. invite these mm -hmm. these powerful industries that can make a big difference, you know? Huge. If, yeah. if people mm -hmm. that are creating natural foods mm -hmm. are really focused on quality coming from flavor, it can make a big difference in, in the people that are growing food the way it should be. Yeah. You know, and I forget, we have um, we have to end 10 minutes early today, uh, so just so uh, there's an awareness, because I want to make sure people know where to find you. But it, it what it makes me think of, too, which it, um, maybe can help people kind of connect with this, but you know how with all of the COVID stuff, people lost their sense of taste and smell. Oh, yeah. I did and a whole episode on my show. You about did. That. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to hear that. I, yeah. I'll go listen to it. Um, but when they, there were so many people who lost so much weight because they didn't want to eat because they couldn't taste or smell. So that's a whole, we could do a whole episode on that. So my then guess is, <laughs> my guess is it's not that they lost taste and smell, they lost smell. Because okay. smell affects taste yep. so much. Yep. If they really dove into it, they probably could still taste the bitterness in the coffee. They could still taste the sugar they were putting in their coffee. They could still taste lemon. It, and, and so it, it dulls your experience uh -huh. for sure. sure. But it still brings you these categories of flavor that I'm talking about. You can still kind of pick up on nuances, uh -huh. but we're so disconnected from it. Yeah. And it's not the same, and we're attached to the sameness and what we love. And so I have a lot of compassion for people that have gone through that. Yeah. But one of my very first guests on my show is a congenital anosmic. Name's Dia Klein. She's never been able to smell. You can give her a taste test, and she will out-taste people. She blind, does blind, so blind uh -huh. taste tests with her partner. And she outtastes him every time. She can identify mangoes and fruits uh, and things that other people can't. Yeah. Because she has depth of awareness of, right. of the actual taste on her yeah. tongue. That's amazing. And that's why I think she, like it's so important. Taste buds matter so much. They matter. You know? yeah. And the yeah. combined effort is, is mm -hmm. enhancement for us. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't, there's, there's things to it. So. Love it. There's so much I could talk about. Well, then we're going to have you on again because <laughs> I love talking about this stuff. It's so good. And it's and again, I hope that it's eye-opening for people. Um, and that's what we want to do. Make you think a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So uh, before we end, let's talk about where you can be found. Go to her TEDx talk. It's a great talk. Um, and where you can be found, what you do, because you speak, you have at least a chapter in a book. You know, let's talk about all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so uh, flavorremedy.com is where you can find, really, it's the, the capture of all the things. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a tasting course coming up, or Ooh, a workshop, I guess, so to speak, 
And that's where we really dive into um, really kind of isolating those categories of flavor mm -hmm. and tasting them in whole foods Fun. and then playing with, okay, how do I make this bitter not taste so bitter mm -hmm. and still get mm -hmm. all the things? Um, so we do it through whole foods and we do it with spices added. Um, and this particular one is gonna be virtual. So it doesn't nice. have to be, first one I did was live in Denver, but mm -hmm. now we're gonna be virtual so I can mm -hmm. ship stuff out in advance and we can do it, we're gonna do it on Zoom and ultimately I'll probably do a hybrid. Yeah. I wanna actually mm -hmm. get to the place where I'm gonna have a meal, like start with the tasting yeah. and go into a full complex That's so meal. fun. So um, that information is also on my website. Cool. Yeah, the TEDx is on my website. Mm -hmm. um, I am very, very fortunate and blessed to have, I spoke twice on Tuesday and then um, coming up in the beginning of May, I get to be part of Women Leading Regeneration Speaking. Nice. Really, really for you. great community. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really trying to um, bring this message to the regenerative community because yeah. what they're doing is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like this message can help others, you know, bring a different lens of awareness in, in the quality of uh, people, you know, changing how yeah. they're growing food. So awesome. very blessed to be part of that as well in the beginning of May. So. Awesome. It's kind of cool. It is. It's super cool. Well, look her up. Reach out to her because you like um, you do speaking events. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. So I can you come and speak. Cool. Yeah. And cool. I mean, the the perfect scenario for it is you know people like you, a nutritionist. Um, that was actually what I spoke on Tuesday early in the morning. Is to a nutrition community so that I can mm -hmm. come and talk and bring this awareness of flavor to that. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to learn. Like I yeah. want to learn from sure. people that are mm -hmm. you know going through stuff and and doing gr growing more flavorful foods yep. so that I can kind of carry that message through too. Awesome. Yeah. Yay! Cool. Thank you. Well, uh, this is about it. So of course you can find me tastelifenutrition.com and then all the social media is tastelifenutrition. Um, if you're interested in uh, a little bit of a chat about your health, you can go to my website. You can fill out the free assessment that I have out there. I reach out to you personally, and we'll chat about it. You know, what is it that we can do? Do we need to dig in deep, or do we need to just make a few small changes? We'll talk about all of those things that are important. Um, moving into doing some group coaching, all of it virtual. Actually, everything now is virtual, so I can see anyone from anywhere in the world. As long as you speak English. <laughs> or have a translator. Or have a translator, yes. This is my fault. I, I should have taken langu more languages as I was growing up, but I did not. So it's a problem. But anyway, um, but it, it's a great thing to be able to see anybody from anywhere. Um, and, I, 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 you know, this is where Zoom is a good thing, right? It's, um, it's, a, it's, sure. it's a good thing. So it's a good thing. Um, reach out, uh, feel free to uh, ask any questions. You know, if you're on the Facebook feed, feel free to ask any questions there. We love to answer questions to, uh, to support whatever it is that you need. So uh, remember that we're here streaming live on KUHSDenver.com every Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We'll see you next week. Thank Bye, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>